Are you frustrated because your team doesn't produce quality results fast enough? Stressed out and tired of putting out fires from your team's drama and dysfunction? Welcome to the Drama Free Living Show. This is the show dedicated to helping you and your teams accomplish more with less stress and zero drama. Now, here's your host, Dennis McEntee. Hi, welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. I'm Dennis McEntee here with my great friend, Stephen Raul. Stephen, how are you today? Wonderful. I'm excited to hear what you're going to share with everybody. I, I so look forward to this. And so today we're going to talk about better feedback, faster results. And so, Stephen, typically when we're working with clients and we talk about feedback, you know, people kind of roll their eyes and, you know, because it really causes them to step into this thing we call managerial courage. Isn't that true? Absolutely. So what we want to talk about, we want to give you a framework we want to give you a mental construct that will help you give better feedback with faster results. And I think sometimes the big mistake people tend to make with feedback is they come into feedback or maybe they see something that they want to change the result. And so they come and they give you feedback in hopes of changing the result. And, Stephen, you know the real problem with that is that that's not the true purpose of feedback. So what kind of happens is, is that people, they want these results changed, and it's sort of like we have, we have a client that we're working with, and he came to me and he said, man, he said, I, I wanted to change these results for my team, and so I came in and gave feedback, and he said, nothing's changing. And I said, well, John, the, the problem is, is that you see there's a problem, but your employees don't see there's a problem. And until they see it's a problem, they will never change. And really the real value or the purpose, the number one purpose of feedback is not necessarily just to change the results first. It's to help people see it. So we've come up with a method we call the SOS, Feedback Methodology. And when people use and when leaders use these three-step proven process, they get faster results with less stress. And we call it the SOS method. It's a three-step process where we have people first see it and then own it and then solve it. And the reality is, is that if you can't see it, you can't change it. And what happens many times is when people don't see there's a problem, they never reach for a solution. And so the first job of feedback is really to help people see it. So if you can't see it, you can't change it. So instead of many times with feedback, people just come and, you know, Stephen, one of the worst things that I'm sure you've seen this is that we come to people and we tell them about themselves. And I think that's one of the worst things that we can really do with people. Isn't that true? Sure. I hate it when so, it happens when people do it to me. I hate it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, it, and you've taught me is that people don't argue with their own data. And so the best thing to do is to help people self-discover it and help them see it on their own. So we've developed a two-question framework that helps people see it. And so we're going to go ahead and give it to you. So when something happens, here's how it works. When blank, when whatever activity, how do you think you show up? It's one of the best coaching questions to help people see it. When something happens, when, for example, when you're late in the morning, how do you think you show up to everybody else around you? Because what you're doing with that framework is you're trying to help people step outside of themselves and sort of look back at their own behavior in a logical way and ask them what they think about that behavior. 
Now, maybe when we're working with clients, people say, well, man, show up doesn't really work for me. You know, honestly, you put in the words that you want to use. Some people say, you know, how do you think you appear? How do you think you come across? But the question, the question here is what's directing people's thoughts to step back, turn around, and look at their behavior in the third person. Because the reality is, is that if you can't see it, you can't change it. Now, when people are in high drama, and they're, we tell people all the time, it's like if you're on drugs, you're, if you're in drama, it's like you're on drugs. You're kind of in the emotion of the situation. And so when you're in that place, and they still don't see it, then tell them about yourselves. Tell them about you. And the reason that you want to do that is you're trying to create a level of transparency. And there's a certain reflective thing that happens with people is that when I'm a little bit transparent with you, you become a little bit transparent with me. So if they don't see it and they continue to make excuses and they say things like, well, yeah, you don't understand. My alarm clock didn't go off and blah, 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 blah. You know, tell the story because all drama has a story attached to it. Mm -hmm. So when they're in that place, tell them a little bit about you. And here's how you would do it. When blank or when activity or when behavior. So when you come in late every day, I feel, give it a feeling, I feel frustrated. I feel angry. I feel upset. However you feel, because I think in whatever you think, that you don't care about your job or you don't, you know, you're, you're not very dependable, whatever it is you think. And now, now here's the thing. If you're listening to this, maybe in the car, whatever, we're going to have these two frameworks in the show notes. And so you'll be able to download those and there'll be some other resources there for you. But those two little frameworks will really help people see it. And I think, the, Stephen, the key thing people have to remember is that the first job of feedback is, is to help people see it. Because if I can't see it, I can't change it. Let me ask you a question. When you're doing the one about when you're late to work, how do you think you come across or you show up at work? That's getting them to be outside themselves and then looking at it. Can you also ask them, when you show up to work late, how do you think you are perceived by your coworkers or is that taking that's, it to a totally different place? Yeah, no, that is, that, that's a totally great way to do, to do it. Any way that you can get people to step outside of themselves and get them to come up with their own data. And here's the key thing, Stephen, is that you're looking for them to be responsible. If you ask this question and they immediately choose to play the victim or they choose to blame an outside circumstance or somebody else, here's the deal. You have to stop. Don't go to the second step because the second step is own it. And if you can't get them to see it, you'll never solve it. And I think that's the mistake leaders make many times is that, you know, we come into it and it's like, we're going to solve this. We're going to fix this. And Stephen, the reality is, is that many of these problems are, are, are your employees' problems to fix themselves. Mm-hmm. We can't control people's behavior. People are going to do what they're going to do. And one of the greatest gifts that a leader can give and we call this the 3A in our training is they, they give them awareness. You know, they help, their, they help the people see. So they give them awareness, and then we give them alignment. We help people see the behavior that they're supposed to have, and then we help give them accountability. 
It's the triple A leadership gift that all leaders give. Awareness, alignment, and accountability. So the first step in the feedback process is the S, and then we move to the second step, which is own it. And once you get people to own it, now you're, now you're starting to cook with gas. And the key question there when they own it is just ask them, what are they going to do? What would you like to do? So, for example, maybe they come in late. It's like, okay, so when you come in late, how do you think you show up? And they say, well, you know, yeah, I'm, I, really, I think I'm, I'm a bit kind of lazy, honestly. And I go, great. It's like, so what do you want to do about that? How do you want to solve it? Because, Stephen, I can't solve your laziness. Stephen, you can't solve my laziness. Mm-hmm. That's something that I have to solve myself. And then we begin the coaching dialogue where we co-create with people and help them come up with a solution. But they've got to come up with it because, remember, people don't argue with their own data. And when they self-discover, they own it, it becomes theirs. And that's what we're trying to do. And then we get to the last part, which is solve it. And here's what's interesting, Stephen. What we found in all of our work with clients is that many times the solvent part is the easiest step. People can typically solve their own problems as long as they can see it and then they own it and then solve it becomes very simple. So if I'm understanding, could the see it portion for a person who goes into victim and blaming, could the see it process actually be two or even three different moments in time, perhaps over a week's time where the leader is trying to surface the issue. And so it could be not just one conversation, but it could end up being two or three over time. And and that's part of the process is you just have to understand that if they're victims, then you're going to have to create that time. Absolutely. Because what happens is when people are emotionally invested and typically people are the most emotionally invested in themselves, their clarity is always cloudy. And so our job as we're working with people is just to continue to give greater clarity. And we've seen that, is that sometimes it doesn't happen in one conversation. And we just want to encourage all the, all the leaders and the managers out there that the, the prize is worth the fight. It's, it's worth, you know, there's a prize at the end. And having a team of, of owners and people that are responsible, absolutely worth the fight of helping them see of helping them see it. How do you help them see the benefit of owning it? So you get past see it, and then you start working on the own it part. How do you get them, if they start to resist? So, for instance, they start to talk about owning it, but then they shift and go, but nobody else around here does it themselves or but Dennis our staffing is so low so how do you get them to see the benefit of owning it what's that look like so so there's a couple ways with that Stephen I'm first you know people when people buy into my why I can sell them on the how and I always know if I'm really selling hard on the how it means that they really first haven't bought into my why Okay, repeat that. That, so, was, that was really important. Repeat that. So when people have not bought into my how, it's because I've not sold the why well enough. Because people do things for their own reasons. Mm-hmm. And when we can find out what those reasons are, and Stephen, when I know your reasons why you do something or why this is important, mm-hmm. 
and why this is valuable and how it applies to me and is one way. And then many times, Stephen, we teach the concept of you have to look at the mirror. You have to look in the mirror every day at yourself. And so I know that just because maybe other people don't do it, I have to look in the mirror at myself and own it and realize, you know what, there's a law of reciprocity, there's a law of sowing and reaping, and I'm just going to keep doing the right things, and it will eventually come back to me. It's just like the law of the farm. If I sow seeds, I'm going to reap a harvest. Everybody's reaping a harvest right now out of the seeds they've sown, maybe in years past. And so many times we just want to look in the mirror and realize that, you know, other people might not be doing these things, but I have to live with myself. I have to be happy with myself, understand the why, and then just realize the law of reciprocity is at work and it's going to come back to me. Okay. So following up then, part of that discovery process to help them can be you then reflecting back to the person when you are late, I feel like you don't care or I feel frustrated because I think you don't care about your job. So when you're late, I feel frustrated because I think you don't care about your job. So that's another tool you're saying that I can facilitate on that journey to get them to own it, right? Absolutely. And, and sometimes what, what, what could help people is to use the, the space giver at the end, can you help? Because what you're doing is you're giving people space in order to have a conversation instead of being confrontational where they're going to put up their defenses and just react. And they're just going to fight. Because once you go to the, the point of fighting, it's all over. And just stop. So how would you then do that? you can't have a constructive conversation. So how would you do that? Can you help me? How would you do that? Yeah. yeah. So when you are late, I feel frustrated because I think you don't care about your job or whatever that person thinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you help me with that, Stephen? And here's what's interesting about that phrase. Everybody likes to help. Everybody likes to help. And here's what you're a little bit secretly saying. You're not coming and saying, you don't care about your job. You're saying, well, that's, this is what I think. Can you help me with that thought process? What, what's different here? Can you show me something different? Because this is how I see the situation. Can you help me? So then when you follow up with what would you, so they start to own it, and you say, what would you like to do? At that what moment, would you like to do or what do you want to do about this problem that you have? Right, and then that's what do you want to do about this problem you have. Say that again. What do you want to do about this problem you have? Right. So then, at that moment, that's when you really see the level of maturity, the level of denial, or the lack of denial, the amount of responsibility, personal accountability, self-leadership, all of that stuff really comes out at that moment, right? Right. And by using these questions, you really discover what you have. And, and I think that's part of a part of a leader's job is that, you know, all progress starts with telling the truth. And many times we just, we just want to 
help people see what they really have, then we can know what to do. Now, Stephen, I love that question, what are you going to do about that problem you have? Because there's a supposition inside of that question that I suppose you are a very powerful person. I believe in you. I believe you're powerful enough to solve your own problems. I believe you're a powerful person, and you can solve it. What do you want to do about this problem that you have? And it helps people see that this is not my problem. You know, Stephen, if you kept coming in late, that's not my problem. That's your problem. Mm -hmm. I can't show up at your house and physically get you out of bed. I guess I could, but that that opens up a whole other can of worms. Mm -hmm. And so so what we want to do with that is, what are you going to do about that problem you have and see what level of ownership people take? What do you say to the leader who says, sounds great, but gosh, it, uh, that takes, that seems like that would take a lot of time and I don't really have time for those conversations. What would you say to that leader? Well, if nothing changes until behavior changes, does it take, does it take a a period of time? Yes. Does it take some time? Yes. So our suggestion is because many times we're busy. Leaders are busy. We got a lot of things to do. And sometimes you just have to be very directive with people. But we always want you to circle back at a less stressful time, at a time, say, like, you know, at the end of the day or, you know, at the end of the week or at the first part of the week where there's, there's a little breather. And here's the thing, Stephen. Leaders have 10 minutes in a week to do this. If they do. You make time for what you value. And if you value your team, you'll make time for this conversation. Now, you might not be able to do the conversation right away. Say they're supposed to be in at 8 o'clock and it's 8.15 and they finally show up. And, you know, there's a thousand fires to put out. We totally got that. You don't have to have the conversation right away. But circle back to it towards the end of the day or maybe the next day. It's like, hey, let's revisit what happened on Monday. And then go through the SOS process. But I think... At the end of the day, I think leaders lie to themselves and they say, oh, I just never have any time to do that. You have time for what you make time. Stephen, it's like me telling you I don't have time to exercise. I, you know, I, or me telling you I don't have time to be with my wife. It's, I make, you know, I make time for what I really value. That's a really great point. And I had a coach and a mentor years ago that said, keep track of everything you do in 15-minute increments and do that for an entire nine days as best you can. It won't be perfect, but as best you can, keep track. And if you were in a meeting for an hour, then you just write down an hour. But in 15-minute increments as best you can, track everything you do for nine days and then look back on it and audit where you spend your time. I did that exercise. It wasn't easy. I did that exercise. And it you want to talk about see it. It totally helped me see where I was spending my time. And then I asked myself, why am I doing that? So it's very powerful. Well, actually, Stephen, so, so let's take a minute and kind of, and kind of walk this process. I think that's a fantastic point that you just made. So, Many times we think we just don't have enough time. And I honestly think, Stephen, that time is very abundant. And 
put it into 15-minute increments, or let's just call them 15-minute units, okay? Yeah. So watch this, Stephen. I have four units every hour. So if I'm typically, if I'm working an eight-hour day, I have 32 units for that day. Do you see almost how, like, time is expanded? But watch this. If I'm working, say, five days a week, Stephen, I'm just doing the math real quick. That's 160 units. We have 160 units every day or every week that you go into work. If you're working, many of us work more hours than that, but let's just kind of round it about. So, Stephen, are you telling me that you can't take one unit and have this conversation with this person? You have 160 units. Can you not just take one unit to have a coaching conversation? Exactly. And then what's funny with the national statistics that the typical adult watches three hours of television a night, that's 12 units that you're burning every evening just to watch TV, which doesn't usually does nothing to move you forward in your life. If anything, you're escaping. Right. So I spend 12 units watching TV and I spend zero units coaching my team through this process. But then I tell you, we really value our people. Stephen, what's the truth? And, and my drama story then as a leader is I can't seem to make things I can't improve, can't seem to improve things. I can't get people to buy in. I keep doing the job of the people underneath me. I don't understand why they don't take ownership. That's the drama story then for the leader. Absolutely. Then the leader plays the victim, filled with excuses, and is always blaming their team and, uh, and telling you a story about why things will never change. Meanwhile, every Friday that leader's salary gets deposited in automatic deposit into their bank account. And they're never asked to look at that amount that's in their deposit and ask themselves on Friday, do you deserve that dollar amount? And because they're never asked that, they don't ever take the time to see whether they really do deserve that salary because as long as it's automatic deposit, it just gets taken for granted. Absolutely. So I think the reality is is that people, we need to shift our mind that there is plenty of time. So, so Stephen, let, let's give everybody a practical exercise because we never want to leave the scene of a discussion without an action step. Okay. We never want to leave the scene of a training without an action plan, and we never want to leave the scene of a discussion. So, Stephen, what do you think about this action step here? We want everybody to pick an area in your life with a person. So pick a, pick a person that you're working with. Okay, and you already know their challenges. You know their struggles. You know some of their weaknesses, some of the things that, you know, you can help them with. So pick an area, and we want you to use the framework. So perhaps you have team members that aren't as kind as they should be, or maybe they run late. Maybe they don't get the reports done on time. I, I mean, the behaviors are endless. So pick a behavior that you want to share some feedback with people, and work the SOS process. We'll have the framework in the bottom on the show notes, but it's simply see it, help them see it by using the two-question framework that we gave you, and then help them own it. What do you want to do about this problem you have? And then, honestly, the last S to solve it, people, when people do this right, people typically solve their own issues. So what do you think, Stephen? Does that sound like a good idea with everybody? Absolutely. So just repeat, if you would, the two questions for see it. Absolutely. So to see it, here are two frameworks that you can use. 
when activity or behavior when blank, how do you think you show up? And if that doesn't work, they go into high drama, here's, here's the framework to use. When blank, whatever activity that is, when blank, I feel blank because I think blank. Could you help me? When behavior, I feel and give it a feeling because I think and I give it a thought, can you help me? And typically, Stephen, when you work this framework, when you come to the point of I think and whatever you think, you can typically be as rough as you want to be, and people will still receive it in a very, in a very well way. Interesting. They will, you almost give them space to, to help co-create a solution. And then the great question for Own It is what are you going to do about that problem you have? What are you going to do about the pro- that problem that you have? What I love about that is it doesn't let them off the hook. It keeps them right there. Right, because then you want them to come up with an action plan, come up with their own action plan, and then you want to support it. You want to continue to help them be accountable to you for it. This has been a great episode. Stephen, do you have any last closing thoughts? Well, I just wanted to share what you had said the prize is worth the fight. It's worth the effort. And for leaders to remember that your drama story, quite honestly, your own drama story is I don't have time. Yet you then complain that your people never grow. They never change their behavior. They don't take ownership. And so the irony of that is it starts with your leader drama story. for listening today hopefully you'll take action on one power strategy immediately our passion is to help people just like you we believe you can create a high trust high performance team that produces better results faster and you can do it without working harder in less time for more fast action techniques and strategies go now to www.dramafreeresults.com